Good morning, church. Good morning. Everybody doing great today? Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm doing great. I uh, missed being with you guys last week, and uh, that, that that was an amazing sermon Pastor Roy was preaching last week. I really enjoyed that. Um, so I hope that we're ready for this new series today. Um, and uh, if you're here for the first time with us, welcome, welcome to uh, Grace Norwalk. I just wanted to let you know that we're here to help people find, uh, to find and follow Jesus. And, uh, and that's what one thing we have to, we have to get in our hands and in our hearts, that we are here to help people to find and to follow Jesus. And don't forget, we're a church in transition. Today, we are going to start a new series that is called Love Does. Our last series, Oh God. We wrap it up with uh, the understanding of God's attributes, and one of those attributes is that God is love. And we talk about the essence of God being He being love. God is love, and what we just heard right now, this introduction song, uh, where it says, love won't fail us. And it won't fail us because God will not fail you. God will not fail us. Uh, and that's what love is, because He is love. And, and so, in this new series, I want to start by helping us understand how to live our daily lives expressing that love that God has shown to us with our actions. It's so easy for people to say, I love you. And a lot of times we take it so we take that word so lightly. And we, we you know, for everything, we love this, we love that, we, we love everything sometimes if we're in, in a good mood. If we're in a bad mood, we hate everything. And the word hate has become such a conscious, such a normal word nowadays. I remember back in the days, if you, if you would tell somebody, I hate this, oh man, my mom would get out the chancla. If you don't know what the chancla is, well, ask anybody you know, who, who experienced a chancla before. And you know, but we, we, wouldn't, we were not allowed to say, I hate this. You know, but now it's so easy to say, I hate this, the same way it's easy for people to say, I love this, I love that, and we take it so lightly. So in this new series, uh, I want us to understand how to express that love that God has given us. God has given us a love. He has poured, Romans, the book of Romans says that He has poured love into our hearts. And so if He has poured love into our hearts, now we are the, the, those, we, we are the ones to communicate that love with other people. And, and so why are we going to dedicate an entire series? It's going to be an eight-week series. Why are we dedicating an entire series to love does? Uh, because love is a trademark of a Christian. <laughs> it is essential in a Christian's life that we understand what love does. So when you love, what do you do with that love? What do you do with that? I mean, because we have a lot of conversations about loving one another, about love this, uh, about loving family, loving church, loving God. But do we act? Do we act the way we're supposed to act? Do we act like the way love does really acts? Because it's the most misunderstood concept in the world today, too. A lot of people just don't understand what real love is. And that's why even a lot of Christians fail to put it in practice. So we have to love God, God in us, 
has poured His love, and He has given us the power of the Holy Spirit. So He hasn't just poured love into us, but He has given us the power of the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of people, a lot of times, we, we tend to comment and to say, well, it's so hard to love certain people. Yeah, nobody says it's easy. Nobody says it's easy, but you have the power of the Holy Spirit. The scripture says that God has given us the power to be able to, so, so we can do what we have called us, what he has, he has called us to do. And even though we have the power of the Holy Spirit, many times believers still fail. Still fail in practicing that love with actions. It is like having a power tool in your hands, but you don't know how to use it. You know, what good does it do? If you don't know how to use that power tool, and so today what we're going to do is we're going to start learning how to use that power tool that God has given us, that God has put in our hands. God has given us the power tool of love, and the Holy Spirit is the one who starts that power tool that we have in our hands, so we can practice love, so we can understand what love does. So why is it important to understand what love does? Why is it essential? I want to start by saying love is essential in a person's life because love protects us. Love protects you. you know, when God says He wants you to experience His love, it's because God wants to protect you. And I'll explain that in a minute. But also when you practice that love, God will help you to protect yourself by you practicing that love. And why is that? Because love does two things. One of the things love does is love embraces those things that add value to a person's life. So love embraces. But love also resists. So love embraces those things that will add value to your life, but it will also resist those things that will destroy a person's life. So at the end of the day, when we look at it, Love will protect you. It protects you from doing the right thing, so that way you have no regrets. So if you do the right thing, you will have no regrets, and it protects you to receive, to resist the wrong things, so that you will not have regrets of not doing or having done something that you were not supposed to do to others. How many people live with regrets today? So many people live in the world with a lot of regrets. I should have done that. If I would have just said that, if I would have just acted in a different way. And so we live with a lot of regrets. What love does, if you experience the love of God in your heart, which if you are a believer, you have. You have the love, you have the power in the Holy Spirit. Now, it's a matter of how to use it, how to put it in practice. Because when you put it in practice, love will protect you. Why? Because you will embrace those things that will build up your life. And not just your life. But love will also build up and add, add up, um, value to the people around you. And the people around you would want to be, they want to be with you when you're a person who practices love. But also love will help you resist. Resist those things that will destroy you, not just you, but also the people around you. Uh, look at what First Corinthians. I I I make I divide First Corinthians in this way so we can understand what I mean by love embraces and love resists. This is the way love embraces and love resists. Look at look at the look at the screen over here. When you see First Corinthians chapter thirteen four to eight, 
It says the love embraces. What does it? What does, what does love embrace? Love embraces patience. Love embraces kindness. And so when you learn to embrace these things, <coughs> that when you learn to embrace a truth, resilience, faith, hope, endurance, perseverance, when you learn to embrace these things, you are protecting yourself from not experiencing regrets for not doing the right thing to other people. So you will not live with regrets. You will not feel hurt because you didn't do the right thing. You embrace these things. And love resists. What does, what, what does love resist? Envy, boasting, arrogance, rudeness. So if you love people, God is giving you that love so you can be protected from not doing these things that a lot of people do and then they regret it. They regret by being rude, by being arrogant, by being bold, by boast with other people, by being angry with other people. Resentment, wrongdoing. So love will protect you. And so it is essential. It is an essential trademark of a Christian. So there are things that love will help you embrace, but also resist. Love is the common denominator in how we relate to God, in how we relate to others, and even how we relate to ourselves. Love is a common denominator. As followers of Christ, love should be the trademark in our lives. That's what John wrote when he wrote chapter 13, verse 34 and 35 of John. He says, a new command. He wrote the, the words of our Lord Jesus, and he said, a new command I give you. Love one another. And we'll come back to that, to that new command. What does it mean, a new command? Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. So it's a trademark of a Christian. Love is a tricky word. It's most often understood as an intense feeling or affection. That's how people, for the most part, see it. But biblically, love has much deeper and richer meaning and it transcends a feeling or emotions. This is what 1 Corinthians 13 says when Paul wrote about love in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 and 8. Love is, uh, Paul basically is telling us that love is merely a feeling, but a way of relating to other people. It's how you relate to other people. It's not how much you tell other people how much you love them, how much you care. It's what you do with it. And that's why, that, that, that brings us to the second, to the second point of this in, in, in understanding why is it important. It's because love will develop good relationships. So love will not just protect you. Love just not, will not just protect you from regrets that you might have from not doing the right thing or from doing the wrong thing. But love will also help you develop relationships because that's what Paul says. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 that is how you relate. It's for you to practice how you relate with other people. So love will help you develop relationships. Good relationships are a priority for God. God prioritizes good relationships. He wants us to have good relationships with other people. Now let me tell you one thing. There will be no good relationships with other people if you don't have love as a base of that relationship. There's no way. There's no way because then the relationship becomes a convenience relationship. It's got to be love 
it's got to be love as a base of that relationship because good relationship should be based on loving one another. God really cares in how we relate to one another. God is interested in heaven, uh, in us having a good interpersonal relationship with other human beings. Because without love, you will never be able to have a good and a sincere relationship. Everybody, everybody here, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, no matter who you are, everyone here is affected by relationships. Everyone is affected by relationships. I don't know if you're aware that the better your interpersonal relationships are, the better and the more your life will improve. I don't know if you knew that. But the better your relationship, interpersonal relationships are, the more you will improve in your own life. Our relationships define us. Our relationships will define us. Whether in the family, in a couple, at work, church, or in any other area in our lives, our relationships will define us. In fact, all of us, all of our activities, involvement, uh, everything involve others, which can be the source of a great satisfaction or bring a terrible suffering, since our attitude towards others determines their attitude towards us. So depending how you relate with other people, that's how they will relate to you. Statistics uh, say that 85% of our success will be determined by the quality of relationships we maintain in different areas of our lives. 85% of your success will depend a lot on how you relate to other people. So we must decide to strengthen our relationships with one another. And the only way we can strengthen our relationships with one another is when we, is when we have the relationships that are based on love. But not just any kind of love. And that's what we're here to understand this morning because human beings, and, and, and human be, as human beings, we are destined uh, to live surrounded by people. It's important that we develop good relationships with those people. Relationships with others are central in every aspect, it's a central aspect of our existence. Uh, you know why God gave us the Ten Commandments? Uh, look at these Ten Commandments. When God gave us the Ten Commandments, Four of those Ten Commandments, you should have no other God before me, you should not make idols, you should not take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day, which a lot of people forget about that. It's, it's, not, the, it's not Saturday, it's Sunday now. So don't forget that. That's love for God. Love for God is those first commandments. And the other six commandments... Is love for other people. So God has as a priority, God wants you to love Him. But after loving Him, He gives you four commandments for Him, and He gives you six commandments for you to love other people. And honor your father and mother. You're loving your father and mother by honoring them. A lot of times it's not whether they deserve it. It's the commandment from God. Because He wants you to do your part. As long as He depends on you, the Bible says, be at peace with other people. And the Bible doesn't say, make sure everybody's at peace with you. No, the Bible says that if He depends on you, you be at peace with other people. Let them deal with God directly. You got to make sure that you're at peace with people because you 
are practicing, you're acting in love towards those people. You should not murder. If you love somebody, you will not kill them. <laughs> I hope not. Well, you feel like it sometimes, right? Especially in the middle of the night when they're snoring. <laughs> you should not commit adultery. If you love your, your spouse, you will not commit adultery. You should not steal. If you love a person, you will not steal from them. If you love your neighbor, you should not bear false witness against your neighbor. You should not covet loving God and loving your neighbor. That is an important that is so essential. And so, when we look at it, we put the next slide. So when we look at it, basically, the first, first, the first four commandments is loving God. The other six is loving others. How did Jesus summarize that? He summarized that in, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. He summarized that when... Um, the, 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 uh, the Sadducees and the Pharisees came over to attack him. They wanted to attack him. They wanted to, uh, you know, they, they, they wanted to put a, uh, make him fail in his answers. And in verse 34 it says that hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, so he had silenced this group of uh, religious leaders. Then the, the Pharisees took over. They said, well, that he silenced the Sadducees. Now let's go with the Pharisees. And the Pharisees got together, one of them, an expert in the law. Imagine this, this guy was an expert in the law. He tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greater commandment in the law? What this guy was asking, you remember that the law was the most important thing for them. The law was the most important thing in life for these guys. These guys were Sadducees and Pharisees. And so, it was, he's asked, what he's asking Jesus, he's asking Jesus, what is the most important thing about life? And Jesus summarizes those Ten Commandments in two. And He tells them in verse 37, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. This is it. This is the first one and the greatest. And the second is like it. In other words, He said, See, loving God is the most important thing in your life. But the second one is as important as the first one. You know why Jesus said that? Because it doesn't matter how much you say you love God. If you don't love others, basically you're showing you don't really love God. You cannot say you love God and hate your brother. Hate your neighbor. There's no way you can do that. First John chapter 4 says, How can you say you love God who you have not seen when you don't love your neighbor who you see all the time? How can we do that? There's no way. And so he says, the second one is just as important as the first one. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you need to learn to love yourself? No, you don't. You already love yourself. A lot of times, even people that like to hurt themselves, they don't hurt themselves because they hate themselves. They love themselves too much. And if we analyze that, and if we just, we just do a full analysis of a person, I bet you we'll get to the root of it. They love themselves so much that they hurt themselves because they want to get attention from other people. And we're not going to get into the psychological uh, issue on this because otherwise we wouldn't. Then I'll be preaching for two hours and you'll be like, you keep on preaching, we're leaving to lunch. Uh, you're you're going to go to lunch and uh, you're going to leave me here by myself. So, Jesus said, love your neighbor 
as you love yourself. In other words, in Matthew chapter 7, he said, Do to others as you will love for others to do to you. So how do you love your neighbor as yourself? You do to them the same things in the same way you would like for them to do to you. So he said, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So it boils down to God. God put you on this earth to love God and to love people. To love God and to love people. That's why God put you on this earth. Now it's easier to say we love God. And that's why this series, Love Dogs, is going to focus on how do you love people? How do you love people? Because God is doing it. He's done so many great things for us. So it's easy to love God. So, so what kind of love is God talking about here? What kind of love is God talking about? This is important because I believe love is the most misunderstood concept on earth. And, and, and we're going to see four, four different words for love. Uh, the, the, the first word is storgy. Storgy is, is family love. You know, it's family love. Then we got the word philia, phileo, uh, which you guys are you guys are old timer Christians, so you guys all know these words. You guys heard these sermons many times before. But, but we're gonna we're gonna get to one, to a point that I want to make with this. We get the word phileo or philia, which is brotherly love. You know, it's my friends. I love my friends. Uh, it's, and then we get the eros, the erotic love, romantic love. But then we have the word here that is being used. Over and over in some of these verses that we read before, and it's the word agape or agapeo. When Jesus answered the question to the great commandment, he said, Love your neighbor as yourself. And the word he used there for love is the word agapao. The word agapao. And when John told the early Christians to love one another, to love one another, and to love with actions and not just with words, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, he also used the same word, agapao. And when John wrote the final words of Jesus, Jesus telling the disciples, you know, some of the final words in chapter 13 of John, verse 34, he says, a new commandment I give you, a new command I give you, he used the word agapao, love one another, agapao again. And then following that in verse 35, if you do love each other, other um, if you love each other, they will, not, they will know that you belong to me. If you love each other, they will know that you belong to me. It's the word agape. So agapao, 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 agape. What is agape love? What is agapao? Agape is a fatherly love of God for humans. In scripture, that's ascendant. Agape love is the highest form of love. So what I'm telling you right now is basically that when what love does is the love of God, the God, the love that God is telling us to have is the highest form of love. Is the agape agapao love. Is the highest form of love. In other words, the highest form of love is love that is unconditional love. Most of us, in the other type of love, the, the family love, the brotherly love, the eros love, the romantic love, the, there's always something we're looking for that. We're, we're, we're looking for something in there. 
There is conditions to that. I'll marry you if there's a condition. You know, I'm, I'm your friend if there's a condition. But in the agapao, which is what, we're, what, we, what we were reading before, in those words is basically the unconditional love, the self-sacrificing concern for others before than yourself. So when you agapao your wife or your husband, do you have concerns for their well-being before you have concerns for yourself? Then you are practicing agape love. When you care for this, for, for, for the people around you, God gives you this love without condition. Do you give the love that you give with conditions? Unreservedly to those who are undeserving. Because a lot of times we tell people, it's because they don't deserve for me to love them. And who do you think you are? You didn't deserve God's love either. And despite of that, He still loves you. And He still cares for you. And a lot of times we put a lot of, a lot of roadblocks on loving people because we just don't want to do it. We, we feel that we're going to get a prize going to be stepped on. And we're so prideful sometimes that we don't want to love people the way God is calling us to love people. It, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a love that we don't deserve. So a lot of times people will not deserve the love that you are offering to them, the love that God has put in your heart for others. But you are called to love people. Unconditional love. The question is, is that the way we love? Is that the way we love? God wants us to, to value our relationships with others. And the only way we can do that is by loving them with an active love. Loving them with a God and love. All the other forms, forms of love are conditional. And, and when there's condition, let me tell you this, when there's conditions, there are expectations. And when there are expect, there's expectations, there are disappointments. Have you ever been disappointed? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Have you ever been disappointed? Because you were expecting something and expectations is because you had conditions. So, then what is love? Love is a decision. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. It's a commitment. It's, a, it's, it's to commit and meet somebody's need and expect nothing in exchange. Is that easy to do? It's not an easy thing to do. You know, I'm going to love you and I don't expect anything from you. And I'm just going to love you, period. And don't do anything for me. But that is interesting that the Apostle Paul says, said to the Philippians in chapter 2, that we are supposed to serve others and see others as superior, as greater than ourselves. And we are supposed to serve people. Now imagine, imagine. let me give you an example uh, like in, in a couple, in a relationship, in a, in a marriage. Or in any relationship where there is a couple. If you think that way, if you, if you act that way and you become a servant because of love, and the other person also thinks the same way and become a servant of love and doesn't take advantage of the other, but they serve one another and they love one another with that deep love, wouldn't that be amazing? 
That would be the perfect relationship. Because now we are experiencing, we are acting in love towards each other. And so, you're not supposed to spend anything in exchange. That's love. Now, next time you see, you know, next time some guy or a woman tells you, I love you. Tell them, so that means you're willing to meet my needs for the rest of my life and expect nothing from me? Tell them that. And the relationship will be over. You guys know that. Here's what agape is. If you can tell a person, if you can tell a person why you love them, the agape love is canceled. It's no longer agape. If you can tell a person why you love them, the agape love is canceled. It's no more agape love. Why? Let me explain a little bit, a little bit better on this. Nowhere in the Bible you find anything that says, unless, unless I, I missed that part. But you don't find anything where God says that there is a condition why He loves you. Nowhere in the Bible you find anything that says God loves you. Uh, why God loves you. I have never read that before anywhere in the Bible where He says, Well, I love you because you're good looking. Because a lot of us will be, will be off His list. <laughs> oh, I love you because you behave good. I love you because you don't have ba- bad thoughts. Or you don't, you don't say the wrong things. I love you. God never says that. You know what God says? God says, I love you, period. He said, I, I, I knew you from before the foundation of the world. And before the foundation of the world. Before you were even created. Before you were born, I already loved you. And I, and I set you aside for salvation. Because I had loved you before the foundation of the world. You were not even here. And I loved you. And I love you because I just love you. There's no reason why. But God, why are you There's no reason why. He just loves you. And uh, because the minute you give a reason, the moment you give a reason, it's no longer a God to love. So next time somebody tells you they love you, ask them why. And, and wait for the answer. Ask them, why do you love me? Wait for the answer because it can be the beginning of the destruction of a relationship. There. Let me let me let me let me let me tell you why. And using again a love relationship as an example, if there is a if there is a reason, it becomes a condition. So love, I, I love you because you got a good job. So brother, you better keep that job. Otherwise, once you lose that job, you're done. I love you because you have a good job, right? Condition. I love you because you only weigh 125 pounds, and I don't know what the sizes are, but uh, uh, 34, 20, 40, whatever. Uh, you better stay that size, sister. You better stay that size. Because if you change, if you gain a little bit of weight, then love is going to be there no more. No, I love you because you're an athlete and you're, uh, you better stay in good condition. For the rest of your life, never have an accident, so that way you will be always loved. Because there's a condition. Whenever there is a reason, 
there is a condition. And it doesn't stop here. Where there is a condition is an expectation, like I said before. And the expectation will guarantee disappointment. She doesn't look the same, some said. Well, now she's a mom. And she's not 20 anymore. She's 45. She's 50. And you, you had a six-pack when she met you. Now you have a one-pack. Right? Most of us have a one-pack. So imagine if they loved us because of our six-pack. I'll be done. I was done. Love of, the love of God is unconditional. There's no condition. It's the agape love. That is the most important thing to God. After we love Him, after loving God, is that how do we reflect that love of God towards other people? Love builds good relationships. My relationship with others is a reflection of God's love. So, so if we be, if we want our relationships to improve, all you got to do is to start acting actions of love. It reminds me of uh, a, a movie. I don't know if you guys ever seen this movie or if you remember it. Uh, Feel it on the roof. It's a classic, so you, you must know this one. Feel it on the roof. But, but I want to play a short video of Feel it on the roof uh, because I, I, I never forget this little part of Feel it on the roof. Watch, watch this. Um, if, if our actions are going to improve our relationships, I just want you to see this. Let's play it.
actions of love. A lot of times it's not what we say. See, these couples in this movie, they had not they had not talked about the issue for 25 years. <laughs> but they had act. They had done actions of love. And that's what agape love is. Agape love is basically you do the right thing for other people. To value people, to deposit value on people, to care for people, to love people. It's, it's to, to do something, to have a commitment to that person, to those people. And as you improve your acts of love, your relationships will also improve. The type of love that God wants us to experience is love that can be demonstrated by our actions. That's what 1 John chapter 3 verse 18 says. He says, Dear children, let us not love. And the word he uses there is agapao. Let us know agapao. Let us not love conditionally with words or, or, or speech, but in actions and in truth. This is the way we're supposed to love. And then when somebody says, Do you love me? And you can tell them. I watch your clothes. I hear you snore. <laughs> it is important and essential. So we are called to refresh. You know, God is calling us to refresh our love. Love in our lives. Do, do, do you need to refresh the love in your life? Because that, that's what Jesus calls us to do. Watch, watch, watch what I mean by this. John chapter... 13, in verse 34, he says, A new command I give you. A new command? A new command I give you, love one another. What do you mean new, Jesus? What do you mean new, Lord? Because in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, also the Lord had already said, love one another. He said, you should not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you should love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So it wasn't new as we think new. But, but the word, it's interesting here, uh, the typical word for new in Greek is the word nails. Which means new in, in, in line or new in age or chronology. It is the word nails. But the word Jesus used over here when he says, I give you a new command, it is the word kainos, which means fresh or to refresh. So basically when Jesus says, a new command I give you, what he says is, I'm not giving you new information. We know this thing about love. Pastor Oscar, you're talking about, this church has been here for 112 years, come on. You're going to come talk to us about God's love? Yes. You know why? Because Jesus, when Jesus said, I give you a new command, what he was saying basically is, I'm not giving you new information. I'm giving you a fresh application of all information. This is how you apply it. This is a fresh application. The word kindness means fresh or refresh. I'm giving you, I'm telling you, you need to refresh you love. You know how so many times it just becomes dull. Same thing. It's like, it, it, it's just tradition. Everything is a tradition in our lives. And it gets boring, and it gets old, and it gets tiring. 
Well, God says, I'm here to tell you that you need to refresh that. I'm giving you, I'm not giving you new information. I'm giving you a fresh application of all information. Let me refresh this command to you. This is what Jesus is saying. Let me refresh this command. Let me put love in the front center and make it the main commandment. That, if you just do this, everything else will be kept in the law. Everything else in the Word of God will be kept. Because if you love God and you love your neighbor, if you, and, you're, and, you're, and the neighbors that you need to start loving by, first, is your own family. If you love God and you love your neighbor, then you're, you're done. This is great. And so what does it mean to love your neighbor? What does it mean to love God? To love your neighbor means a lot of things that we're going to be talking about during this uh, the following seven weeks. So I hope you don't miss that because we are going to have a great time looking at scripture on that. How often do we refresh this command in our lives? How often do we break this command? Is it easy? No, it's not. Uh, sometimes it's easier to say to say what Linus. You remember Linus in Charlie Brown? Huh? Linus said, I love the world. It's just the people in it that I can stand. <laughs> so let's refresh this in our hearts, in our minds. What love does is essential. Because without love, nothing you do has value. If you don't do it with love, don't even do it. And if you don't do it with love, you're violating God's word all over the place. If you don't do it with love, nothing that you do, nothing that you say has value at all. How can you, how dare you, Master? Well, look at 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 and 3, through 3. It says, if you could speak in all the languages of the earth and of the angels, but did not love others, I would only be noisy, a noisy gong or clanking cymbal. You know, I'm glad our musicians know how to play. Otherwise, it will be a very uncomfortable noise here. And that will hurt your ears. And what this, what Paul says is, whatever you say, it doesn't have any value if you don't say it with love. So whatever you say, and you, and you don't say it with love, it has no value. It's just noise. Noise that actually bothers people. Verse 2, if you had the gift of prophecy, and if you understood all of God's secret plans and possessed, all knowledge. And if I had such a faith that I could move mountains, and so in other words, I could be the most religious person. I can be everything in the church. I can be the one who, you know, I can be there every day. I can be there from morning to night. I can do everything. But if I don't do it with love, he says, then you're nothing. And then in verse 3, in verse 3 it says, If I give everything I have to, uh, if, I have, if, I, if I give everything I have to the poor, and even sacrifice my own body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, 
I would have gained nothing. So, love does. How do we learn these things? Well, the next seven weeks we will. And it's important to do this. Uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Mowbridge once said, the greatest evil in the world is the lack of love. The greatest evil in the world is the lack of love. How are you going to measure love in your life? I'm not asking you how many people love you. Because all you got to go is do Instagram or Facebook and get like a million followers, right? Not that it's easy. And then everybody says, I love you, I love you. And all you got to do is do something crazy there. And then everybody loves you. The crazier, the more they love you, right? I'm not asking you how many people love you. I'm asking you how many people, even your enemies, do you show love to? How many people do you show love to? Can you imagine the kind of love you're supposed to show the person that lives in your house? Remember, love will protect you. Because love, love, because love will embrace those things that will build you up. That will add value to a person's life. And love will also resist those things that will destroy a person's life. Love will develop good relationships. you want good relationships? God does. Love will develop good relationships. When was the last time you refreshed the love that God has poured in your heart? All information with new application. Nothing you do in life will have eternal value if not done by love. So love does will help us learn how to measure love in our lives. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord. We thank you so much for for your word, for helping us, for helping us understand the importance of love and how we're supposed to apply it in our lives. Father, we pray that we will be able to not just understand, but that we will be able to act on it. Bless our rest, the rest of the time together, Lord. Bless our day. Bless the rest of the week. And help us go and share that love that you have given us. The love that you have shown to us. To other people. By talking to them about the great things that you have done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, before I before I, uh, I leave the stage, I just want to tell you, Pastor Roy mentioned about this part. So, the next seven weeks, next week we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be on Mother's Day. So, our message of love it's gonna be on uh, it's gonna be the unstoppable love of a mother. So, uh, I will recommend you. I will encourage you to invite other people. Invite moms. 
and buy moms, and uh, we'll have we'll have a little thing here for them too. Uh, it will be a great time. We'll have a great time with moms next week. So make sure you do that. Make sure that this right here is paid by money that you give offerings with. So this is the this is the money of the Lord. It is invested. This is an investment for you to have a tool in your hands, and that you can go anywhere. Anywhere in the city or wherever you live and give one to a person. Or, you know what? You can do as much as go to your own neighborhood and just place one. If you need more of this, just ask Lulu. She'll, uh, she'll, she'll make sure she'll give it to you. And, you know what? It's, it's going to be great. What we want to do is we want to share Christ with people. We want to help people. We are here to help people find and to follow Jesus. And uh, we want to make sure that we leave a legacy with our lives. Of what we're doing and how we're doing it. So uh, next week, Mother's Day, don't stay home, don't go anywhere. As a matter of fact, just invite as many months as you can. God bless you.
Pastor Oscar mentioned Mother's Day. We're planning a special uh, photo op opportunity, I think, for uh, you with Mom, if Mom's here. And that will be a part of our time together, as well as the special gift for each mom. So you definitely want to be here for that, right? Amen. Gifts are good. Gifts are always good. Uh, take a seat for just a moment. We want to welcome three new members. I want to invite Willa May and Bob and Mary to come up here with me. And uh, we are excited and delighted and privileged to uh, welcome and introduce three new members of our church. They've uh, stepped forward and said uh, we're committed. This is our family. We belong. And uh, we believe God wants us to, to serve here. And so we just want to present them with a special certificate suitable for Frankie and I might mention. <laughs> Pastor Oscar, would you give, uh, since i got only two hands, maybe you can use both of your hands to hand those up for me. And uh, just want to encourage you as we conclude the service to uh, come up and welcome uh, these three into our uh, church family as official members. Uh, by the way, we're planning another uh, new members class. And if you have interest in committing to being a part of this church family and serving the Lord Jesus here, We'd love to include you uh, in that class. So let me pray. We'll pray for these three folks and pray for us as we go into the week ahead of us. We do have a business meeting immediately following our time here. Uh, right, I think we're going to be next door. Someone correct me, Dave. Where are we going to be? Uh, next door right here. And uh, plan to do that. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we're excited this morning and privileged. We're grateful for, for Willa May, for Mary, for Bob. We're grateful for their commitment, first of all, to you. And then to our church family. And we just pray that you would bless them. Uh, lead them into opportunities of uh, service and ministry here in our midst. Uh, might we uh, find ourselves benefiting from their ministry as well as them benefiting from ours. Lord, we're grateful as we go forward into the week ahead of us that we go empowered by your Holy Spirit to love with your kind of love. That self-sacrificing, unconditional love of concern for others. Help us to demonstrate that this week in our lives to those around us, whether family or friends or co-workers. Might we be men and women whose lives are marked by your love. Do that for us in the week ahead is our prayer together. In Jesus' name. Come and uh, welcome our new members as we conclude our time this morning. God bless you.